Hey familia, we're Edgar and Janet. Bienvenidos. This is Hanging With. The Soteros Podcast. Good mama and dada. I love it. Gracias, Ariela. Familia, on today's episode, we want to learn along with you about what it's like to be a woman in the U.S. military. Uh, we do want to warn you that today's episode contains a very sensitive subject matter, and it may be a trigger for some of you that have been victims and now survivors of sexual harassment or abuse. Mm. And in honor of Army Specialist Vanessa Guillen, who was tragically murdered at Fort Hood Military Base, we dedicate this episode to her and her family because her death will not be in vain. Absolutely. In this episode, you'll hear from a good friend of ours, a brave woman who unfortunately was sexually harassed while serving in our U.S. military. I was approached by one of my sergeants. I was a specialist at the time. And he had a group of friends that they were all fraternity brothers. And I was asked to have sex with them in order to get promoted. All of this and more coming up next. We'd like to thank God for giving us the opportunity to be with you today. My name is your boy, Edgar, and this is my wonderful wife, Janet. Hola. Thank you for being here. And we'd like to welcome our friend, an Army veteran, to our podcast as well. Hello, friend. Hello. Something interesting that I want to bring up. When we reached out to our friend about speaking about her experience with sexual harassment within the Army, she wanted to be anonymous. Right. And literally five minutes ago, before we started recording this podcast, she said, no, I want to say my name. Lucinda, first and foremost, thank you for your service to our country. Thank you for being on with us to speak about this and shed some light on the injustices of being a woman in the military. Tell us what drove you to want to say your name today on our podcast. Just thinking about things yesterday, the things that have come up in the news with Vanessa and getting on Instagram and looking at all the hashtags of I am Vanessa Guillen, I just saw so many powerful stories of women that posted pictures of themselves currently or when they served, listing their stories, some that were just very vague. And I understand why they were just straight to the point. Some were very detailed. There was a powerful message I saw of a male soldier just saying that this was wrong that obviously there's something in the military that's going on in all branches mm -hmm. that women need to be able to have a voice and to be able to speak on what's going on. And it was nice to see that he wasn't the only man standing up for, for women in the military. That's why I chose to just say my name, Lucinda Gonzalez. Oh, thank you, Lucinda. I'm so no, proud of you. Thank you. But really, thanks to all the men and women out there that shared their stories, because it, it gave me the courage to be able just to say my name. Wow, that's amazing. Lucinda is a dear friend of ours that now that you're being open about this, mm -hmm. Lucinda, we met you at our church in Dallas when Edgar and I recently got married around 2011. And Correct, we yeah. used to pray and we used to, you know, just worship the Lord. And little did I know that you had gone through what you're going to share with us. So here we are now, and we thank you for being brave and for serving our country. Thank you. 
before you tell us your story, Lucinda, of how you were unfortunately sexually harassed in the military, we would like to give our listeners some context of why we're talking about this matter. And you touched on it already a little bit, Lucinda, but at least for me as a man and as a father to two beautiful, amazing, strong women, we want to learn how we can become allies to women so that you can be respected, empowered, and feel safe speaking up about sexual harassment or abuse in the workplace and especially in the military. Yeah. And not walk around life like feeling shame of who you are because you're a woman. Where you sign up to sacrifice your life for our country, but yet you can't speak up about what's going on in there. And it's so unfair. And in case you that are listening right now are not familiar with the tragic death of Vanessa Guillen, uh, we would like to give you a quick recap of what's happened before we get into Lucinda's story. I just want to make sure that we don't make a mistake of just seeing Vanessa Guillen as a 20-year-old soldier Mm -hmm. from the army that died. She's on the news. I want us to see her as a sister, as a daughter, a friend. A prima. A prima, yes. A woman with hopes and dreams. Vanessa Guillen graduated in the top 15% of her class. She loved to play soccer, loved her musica latina, and dreamed of going to college and getting married one day and having a family. Her roots are from Zacatecas, Mexico, a proud Mexican-American from Houston, Texas, who willingly signed up to defend our country for your freedom, my freedom. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, she got let down by her country that she loved so much. And all of those hopes and dreams were unfortunately taken away from her on April 22nd of this year, the day of her disappearance and the day that she was killed. The army didn't tell her family that she was missing. Her family noticed that she wasn't texting back, which was very unlike her. Mm -hmm. She was very connected to her sisters and her mom and her family. And they had to bring it up and have been fighting for over 70 days and are still fighting to bring justice to Vanessa Guillen. Mm. Here's more on her story highlighted by CBS News. And we want to make a note that we are recording this episode on Friday, July 3rd. By the time that you listen to this episode, there may be more details on this story. But this is what we have as of today. When specialist Vanessa Guillen vanished, several agencies, including the FBI, descended on Fort Hood to investigate. And now a new criminal complaint alleges she was murdered. The complaint says that suspect Cecily Aguilar's boyfriend, specialist Aaron Robinson, struck Guillen in the head with a hammer multiple times, killing her on base before placing her in a box. Robinson then allegedly picked Aguilar up to help him dispose of Guillen's body. According to the complaint, they attempted to dismember and burn the body before burying the remains. Those people who supposedly did it, did that to my sister, they're a disgrace to humanity. Guillen's sister Lupe and her family are distraught, wondering how she was put in danger on base. My sister Vanessa Guillen was sexually harassed, yet nothing was done to it. For her legs of responsibility, safety and respect because they didn't respect my sister. They didn't keep my sister safe. They always try to cover up for each other. Why? My sister's a human too. She deserves respect. She deserves to be heard. All those men and women in our service suffering from sexual harassment, suffering from sexual assault because they report it, yet they take it as a joke. My sister's no joke. My sister's a human being. And I want justice. And I want answers. 
Guillen's family says Robinson, who died by suicide Wednesday morning, sexually harassed her and accuses the Army of covering it up. How are we going to believe their own internal investigation on themselves? The Guillen's family attorney, Natalie Kawam, says the Army is hiding something. We believe that he murdered her because she was going to report the sexual harassment. Guillen's family says they're fighting to keep this from happening to anyone else in the military. How can this happen on military base? How can this happen while she was on duty? I think that's what we're all asking ourselves. And to hear how it happened, it's heartbreaking to us. And it, and it almost seems out of like a horror movie. It's unbelievable, really. But unfortunately, it's real life. And I can't imagine what her family's going through. And you can hear it in their voice, the pain, the frustration of why it's taken so long to even look into this. Lucinda, what was your first thought when you heard about Vanessa Guillen's case initially? Yeah, I was heartbroken. Um, unfortunately, my first thought was, this is not going to end well. She's, she's gone. Like she's not on, on our beautiful planet anymore. Um, my heart ached for her mother because as a mother, I can't imagine what that must feel like not to know where your child's at, not, not to know if she's going to call me, if she's okay. And even right now, my heart still aches for her family. Lucinda, you are now married and a mom to three wonderful young kids. That's correct. What are your thoughts about what's happened as of today? 70 plus days after she went missing and especially what's going on in regards to the response of the military. Oh my gosh. I've always thought about it that, um, if my children wanted to ever enlist, um, and with my experiences, I've never talked about it with them because they're just younger. They don't comprehend those adult things yet. I don't ever want to discourage the military because there's a lot of benefits that could come from it and a lot of good. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I want them to know the full picture of what they're walking into and the experiences that I came across. I think we'll get more into it when you tell us your story and your unfortunate experience with sexual harassment in the military. But do you believe that the military would cover up harassment and even other things? Yes. Why would they yeah. be willing to cover all this up? Why I, I can't 100% answer on that. I would only assume that it was maybe to get certain people not in trouble for the inconvenience Jeez. of them having to do the work of finding out the truth mm. and the hours that that would spend, the money that it would cost. And the reputation, right? Yeah, and the reputation, yeah. Uh, Lucinda, what motivated you to join the Army and how did it happen? Um, well, I was 18 and, uh, just like a lot of other people that join, you know, fresh out of high school, just like Vanessa I, Guillen. Exactly. You know, I came from a home where uh, my family was divorced. So my mom was a single mother. Uh, obviously she had no money to send me to school. And, um, at that time I didn't know what my next stepping stone would be, but it took ROTC in high school. And I just thought, well, I enjoyed it in high school. Maybe I can enjoy it in life for a little while until I figure out what I'm going to do next. Mm -hmm. um, part of it was also to get out of home and move on and travel and see the world, right? Oh, yeah. 
you know, the, the military gives you those hopes and dreams of you can see the world and you can go to college and you can do big things. And I didn't know what I was going to do, but I know I wanted to do something. So yeah. that that's kind of what led me to enlist at that time. Did, did you feel like to a certain extent you had no other resort to be able to try to figure life out and financially speaking, and maybe this was your only route to be able to pay for college eventually and so on and so forth? Most definitely. At the time, I only thought, well, it's either this or work in a store as a cashier or something else. And, you know, as a, as a young child, my mother always said, do better than where I'm at in life, move forward. So with that being said, and being drilled into my head so much, I needed to, to move forward. And I just thought that that was the only way to move forward. It's interesting that there's a lot of data backing up that the military does a lot of their recruiting in lower income areas. Mm-hmm and especially minorities. How did your recruitment happen? Part of it was when I was in high school and we had recruiters that would come to the ROTC program, you know, as guest speakers. And of course, those are the the recruiter guys that come in and tell you everything about, you know, you can have money for college and you can go see the world and it's not going to cost you a dime and we'll pay for your living and you'll have food and you won't have to worry about anything and you'll get a paycheck. You know, and so it sounds like a great deal. Okay, so I'm giving up a little time or I'm going to go work out and get in shape. And (laughs) But there's more to that that they don't tell you, right? They don't tell you that you're going to sign your life away. They don't tell you that after your, your contract is up and if there is a big war that happens, that no matter if your contract's up, they can still call you back at any time. Mm -hmm. They can reactivate you. I had no idea about that. Right. So who knows what other things there are within my contract that I did not read? Mm. I mean, it's just like when you sign up for an email, how mm. many times do we read all those things? Right. And we just scroll to the bottom and hit accept. And that's pretty much what I did when I enlisted. It's interesting that they go after minorities and people in lower socioeconomic level and talk to them about how you're going to get a paycheck. You're going to get to see the world. You don't have to worry they Coke. use that Coca wash to be able to get you in instead of using, Hey, it's going to be an honor to be able to serve your country. What a mm-hmm. blessing that is. Right. And it's funny that you say that about working out this end up because I was looking into joining the Marines and my buddy and I were like, right after high school, like, yeah, man, maybe we could go to the Marines, you know, and we had good grades. We had ac- got accepted to a couple colleges <laughs> and we're like, yeah, man, can you imagine that? And this is the way the recruiter sold it to us. Yeah, man you're basically going to get paid to get ripped. <laughs> and at, at that time, and even now, really say that? I swear to you, it's, it's been hard for me to get, you know, a six bag. I got, I got a deep pack, you know, I got more of a keg instead of a six bag. And I was like, yo, bro, can you imagine us getting paid to get ripped? And then we're going to be chilling. And they were still to you. Yeah. You're going to be in San Diego. Wow. Oh yeah. There's so many bars there and the women and this and that. That's how they would like get you. Totally, babe. Wow. They totally use that. You know? Yeah, but you so, have way too many allergies. And think about it. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I really thought about it. I was like, I can't serve because I have allergies and I sneeze for every reason. I can imagine being at war and being like dusty. And I'm like, Achoo, you know, and so it wouldn't be a good situation. Yeah. But what it is that they use and you're 18, right? And for many people, they haven't seen the world yet and you haven't experienced the world and money 
for many of us was an issue at that time. And you're seeing this world through them like, wow. And not that I can't give it to you. It's almost interesting how they blind you in that sense. Mm -hmm. And you're 18 again. Think about this. You have to be 21 to be able to drink an alcoholic beverage. Right. At 18, you're not even old enough to rent a car. You have to be 25, (laughs) don't you? I think so. (laughs) But yet you can sign your life Life away. away. Mm -hmm. And put it on the line for our country. What an honor. What a blessing. But if you really know what's going on with that. And especially as a woman, it's like, what happens? So Lucinda, can you share with us when did you have your first sexual harassment encounter um it was in the year 2000 and i was approached by one of my sergeants and he had a group of friends that they were all fraternity brothers and i was asked to have sex with them in order to get promoted all of them all of them yes i was a specialist at the time So the next rank was a sergeant and I really wanted that next rank, you know, obviously because there's more pay that goes along with it. The status of I'm sergeant Mm -hmm. than versus specialist. To me, it felt like it carried a little bit more weight with your name, your service. And obviously I did not accept that proposal. To me, some things are worth more than money. Um, That status that I never achieved sergeant. I can live with to this day and know proudly that I did not accept it. Yeah, we're definitely proud of you for not accepting Lucinda. In what way did they propose that to you? And were they persistent in that proposal? And how did Um, it make you feel at that time? It made, yeah, it made me feel disgusting that that was even a proposal that someone had the audacity to speak those words to someone. And, um, sorry, listen to yeah. like that. They were like, you have to have sex with all of us. Yes. To that extent. Wow. And it was, it was five of them, not at the same time, but separately or however. That's crazy. Um, only one had the courage to ask for the favor, which I thought was stupid. If, if they were all asking, not that it would have made it right for them to all ask, but the fact that one person asked for all of them, I thought was terrible. Um, I guess because he was my superior sergeant, that they felt that, oh, she'll she'll give in and say yes. Um, she wants that next rank status. She'll do it. Most definitely did not do it. Um, it made you. it really awkward to go in to work with them. Um, any situation or room that I was in, I always tried to make sure there was another third party outside of their group. I tried to always make sure I was never left alone with them because at that point, I just never felt that I could ever trust them. I was afraid of being alone with them. At that moment in time, who did you tell about what you were going through? And did you attempt to report it to whomever you need to go to in the army or in the military to report such a thing? Um, I told one other girl that was a specialist as well. And then little did I find out she was also approached with the same proposition. Wow. Um, both of us obviously never agreed to it. We never got promoted past the specialist rank. Um, we both felt like we just could not go forward, mainly because they were all in the chain of command together. And that's typically how sexual harassment is reported. There's no outside third party 
that you could go to and report. I don't know if times have changed and they've moved the policy around. Wow. And I've always respected the chain of command. It's like honoring your mother and father. Right. You go up the rank, you never go down. But in this case, I never felt that I could go to anyone that I felt that I would get actual help. And besides her, did you know of other women that were experiencing the same situation with the same five soldiers? I, I don't. No, just that one woman. Oh. Just that one. Lucinda, when you bravely said no to these men, let me take that back. They shouldn't be called men. But when you bravely said no, and you didn't accept to do any sexual favors, was there any retaliation? And what happened? When did you start feeling that definitely they were going to come after you? Not only were you not going to be able to get promoted, but actually you were going to get punished. Correct. Please let us know coming up next, right after this. Lucinda, when you bravely said no and you didn't accept to do any sexual favors, was there any retaliation? Not right away. So I kind of thought that they left things alone and they were going to move forward and either move on to someone else or just back off and leave me alone altogether. It was probably months later after just um, comments, slight little punishments of, you know, having to do extra push-ups or having to stay late and do extra cleaning details and so on. I felt like they were extra punishments that no one else got. But then it was, gosh, about nine months later that a major incident happened. So my job, I was, we were in a supply, a logistic medical supply unit. And my job for them was a chemical biological agent specialist. So I was assigned to like chemical protection mask and uh, chemical air detectors and different machines like that. So if we were ever attacked nuclear or biological, we'd don on masks. And that was my job to make sure everyone is, was assigned those equipments so they could safely protect themselves and during that time of attack. Long story short, I was assigned to the equipment that's in the unit cage in the warehouse. And a chemical piece detection came up missing. Um, I know I personally never took the chemical piece home. There would be no value or use to it, per se, for me in an everyday world, right. which makes no sense. Um, the piece of equipment cost over $10,000 that I would be liable for. I most definitely didn't have that money in my early 20s. Um, so at that point, I was appointed a attorney from the military. I was then look, looking at being court-martialed. I was looking at being dishonorable discharge and possible jail time. And you're completely being set up. Correct. And at that moment, that's when I knew, like, this has to be a setup. There's very minimal people that have access to the keys in that place. I knew anyone in the chain of command, upper chain of command can have access to those keys at any time. So I could be gone and someone else could have access to that. Um, so I met back with my attorney and um, I demanded that there was a full sweep that needed to happen again. Um, I then said something to them about that this could possibly be a setup. 
Did you tell him why you believed it was a setup? Did you tell him about the sexual harassment? I did tell him about the sexual harassment. Nothing was really done about that part. Wow. Yeah. They were more concerned, obviously, about the piece of equipment that was missing. So you openly confess, I believe I'm being set up because I was sexually harassed by five sergeants that were asking me to be involved with them sexually for me to get promoted. I decided to say no. And now this piece goes missing. Now I'm being potentially court-martialed and potentially could ruin the rest of my professional career by having a dishonorable discharge from the military, which is something that goes on your record, correct? Yes. It's, it's this, it's just like having a felony on your record. You would lose a lot of your privileges as a civilian. Anytime that you are applying for a job, that question tends to come up. Have you served in the military and were you honorably discharged? Isn't that wild that they were more worried about this missing part? Correct. Than your accusations as a human being, as a woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it kind of shines light to what happened to Vanessa Guillen and Bazascanse. Rest in peace. Most definitely. Yeah. Here they were looking all over for this missing part and, and almost ruined your life professionally speaking. But yet when Vanessa Guillen went missing, it was her family that had to bring it up to the military. Yeah. And there are even reports from other soldiers saying that, that the higher ups were basically saying, Oh, she, she went AWOL. She, she she must've left the unit. Yeah. And I don't understand that either. But here is a part of an equipment part that went missing. And it's interesting how, like you said, how heavily watched these parts are and even Vanessa Yen being in the armory when unfortunately she was murdered uh, by the other soldier, how nobody could have known or reported it or seen him carrying out this bin into his vehicle. I mean, cleaning up the blood if, she, if he hit her with a hammer. I mean, you being in rooms like this, how does somebody get away with that with nobody else knowing? That's something suspicious. I mean, there's been times like I remember even taking the smallest of things and being questioned, like, where are you taking that to? Who who asked for it? So to take a big bin, I don't understand how that was overlooked. And that's where the Guillen family and Vanessa's sisters are claiming and their lawyer that there's got to be a cover up in this. There has to be. How did your situation end? Because obviously you didn't take that part that they were claiming you did. Correct. That's correct. I did not take it. Um, After requesting several times for another suite to be done in the warehouse, all of a sudden it turns up on the other opposite side of the warehouse to where nowhere I ever had access to a key to. It shows up in a cage somewhere. I most definitely didn't really push on why or where was it or any of that. I was just thankful that it was found. Um, I requested at that time, I no longer be assigned to any equipment because I was afraid of that situation happening again. Um, After that, the harassment pretty much phased away. I didn't have to really work with them. I guess at that moment, they realized like, okay, this is pretty serious. And when you said you reported the harassment, Mm -hmm. who did you report it to? Um, At that time was my attorney. 
and that attorney was given to you by the military? That's correct, yeah. It's not an external attorney. No, I, I couldn't afford an external attorney. So it was a JAG attorney. And when you brought it up to him or her, was it a male? It was a male. Do you remember, do you recall what he said in that moment? I don't 100% word for word. Um, I just know that they were more concerned about that piece. I was more concerned for it too as well because I knew that that could destroy my life if it wasn't found. I'm, I mean, I remember praying so much at that time that it just turned up somewhere. Yeah. Thank God that it did. And then um, when 9-11 happened and we were all being deployed, my contract would have expired when I would have been overseas with them, with the unit that I was assigned to. And I was um, pretty much pressured by a recruiter to re-enlist, but I did not accept. I mean, I just kept saying, no, 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 I don't trust these guys with my life. They would not, they would not take care of me like the way I would have taken care of someone else. No, 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 no. And I never accepted. I did not re-enlist um, partially. And a lot of it, I would say, is because of that incident. Um, I felt that if I was overseas, if they didn't have my back here in the States, what would happen overseas? Um, I was more concerned about that than versus actually fighting the enemy that we were supposed to be protecting our country for. Mm. So it made me sad because I know that there's a lot of women that go through different situations like this on a day-to-day basis and something has to change. And that's why we're having this conversation. And that's why Vanessa Guillen's life and her death is not going to be in vain. And thank you, Lucinda, for speaking up about matters like this, because it's not fair what women in general go through, but especially in the military as it's being exposed in this culture of following rank. But also you would agree that there is toxic masculinity within the military. And men oppress women and harass them and abuse them. Yeah. And this goes on in our, in our country every day. It should not be happening anymore. Lucinda, how has that event in your life impacted your adult life today as a grown woman? I think if something like that were ever to happen again, which I pray to God it doesn't. Yeah. That now I have the courage to speak up because back then when I was in my 20s, I for sure didn't. And I could say I'm now a very different person. Yeah. Lucinda, I know you're a woman of faith. How has that helped you get through it all? Um, most definitely, God, first and foremost, is, is a big center in my life. Um, I've turned to him several times through a lot of different situations not just bad, but also good as well. I think having the strength and the faith and the courage to come forward on something like this is huge. I pretty much oppressed it for 20 years. I, I you know, barely talked to, to my husband a little bit about it. And he had no idea that I was about to be court-martialed and discharged. I mean, he knew part of the story, but didn't understand the severity of what I was looking at. You know, I'm just very thankful that my situation has turned out for the good, but it makes me very sad for the people that are still going through this every day, praying for women to have a voice to speak up, praying that the right people will see this 
and see that it's time to make those changes that need to happen. We're never going to be able to be a, a big, strong country in our military if we have all these little broken pieces that are being hidden away. Absolutely. What would be your message to the Guillen family? I would just like to say thank you to Vanessa for her service. I pray that they find peace to move forward in life and that she will not be forgotten. Powerful words. Rest in peace to Vanessa Yen. God bless her family. May they have the strength to continue on with this fight as they have woken us all up to be able to project Vanessa's voice through our country and through the world for equality of treatment of women and especially minorities, women of color. And the hashtag I am Vanessa Guillen that you are now a part of. Lucinda, we want to thank you for being brave enough to speak with us today. Thank you. Many blessings to you and your family now as a mother, as a community leader. And thank you, thank for, you. for standing up and raising your voice for what's right. Thank you. Thank you guys for just letting me be able to show that part of my life that I mean, I buried away and had almost forgot about because I had just oppressed it for so long. Yeah, nobody wants to have that memory. Yeah, and just the pain that that is, just carrying that. I no longer have to carry that anymore because it's out. Even just with that, you are honoring Vanessa's life because it's not in vain. It's already done some good, at least in your life and many other women that have come out and told their story just like you. That's correct. And I just want to thank them for being just as brave. Thank you so much, Lucinda, for being with us and taking the time out of the weekend to just share your story and being brave to share your name. Thank you for that. (laughs) Thank you. You are awesome. And and I know God is protecting you and your family and shining through you. So thank you and keep on being brave. You're being a role model to all of us. Thank you. (laughs) Take care. And whenever we're back in Dallas, which we love, El Metroplex, we would love to hang out with y'all. Go to Tacos El Huero yes. in East Dallas. Yes, please. And get our grub on. Okay? Most definitely. Thank you so much. Blessings to you and your family. You as well. Familia, if you want to know more information on what's going on with uh, Vanessa Guillen's family's fight and to uncover everything that's going on and get the truth and get answers, you can follow. They have an Instagram page. Find Vanessa Guillen. Also the hashtag I am Vanessa Guillen the hashtag justice for Vanessa Yen. And in the description of this episode, we will also link the change.org petition, the GoFundMe page for Vanessa Yen's family, and also the phone number for the National Sexual Assault Helpline, which is 1-800-656-4673. That is a number that you can call, be anonymous, and have somebody to talk to. And let's keep saying her name, Vanessa Yen. Let's not allow her death to be in vain. Let's fight and pray for her and her family. As we wrap up this episode, our hope is that we can be the generation that creates real change as we strive to abolish these types of injustices and inequalities in our society. And we want to make something very clear. Uh, This episode in no way 
is meant to bash our military, but Not instead to protect its most valuable asset, the brave men and women who sacrifice it all to serve in it. And for that, we thank them from the bottom of our hearts. Absolutely. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, familia. And we can't wait to hang out with you next Wednesday. Your support has been amazing so far. We're so grateful, but please continue to support us and subscribe, especially on the Apple podcast platform. Leave a review and rate it. It helps us tremendously. And follow us on social media by using the hashtag Los Otelos or on losotelos.com. Gracias. And don't allow anyone or anything to steal your joy or your peace. Love you guys. Animo. Bendiciones. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Sotelos podcast. Amara.